Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Going to close this week out on right now by starting a whole new podcast where Drew will do a whole new intro and then I will tell you about our sponsor. So, Drew? Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, this is the most anticipated episode of the entire run-up. We get to talk about the league's number one perceived team. Number one with a bullet in the Buffalo Bills. Market currently ranking this team number one offense, number three defense. Power number is the ceiling among all teams for this season. Um, All of that seems warranted, but... There is a lot of optimism about this team built into the market perception. Agree or disagree? Agree. And okay. we saw a bit of a inconsistent team at times. So it is a little bit, uh, there's some trepidation, I believe, uh, is the word for me. But I, I still that. have this as my number one team in my power rankings until further notice. And the way I've been talking about some of these teams where I said, like, I put the sticker on lightly, it's not like I'm going to make this my eighth-ranked team if we don't see a good performance against the Bills. But I'm willing to make some changes to this power number quicker than I may have thought I would have at the end of last season based on some of the off-season stuff, which we'll get into right now because we have a podcast we can do about the bills quick i should mention that we are sponsored and brought to you by circus sports and their millionaire contests with the no overlays i I cannot stress this one enough like going off script right now to talk about that they don't all the money that goes into the pot gets paid back out to winners and it's nice too because even if you suck ass and you're no good and you do poorly for a big chunk of the season on the, the millionaire contest has quarterly payouts. Like you can be way out of the money and still, you know, have a nice run at the end of the season, get one of those quarterly payouts, which is pretty big cash too. $12 million guaranteed prizes, the survivor league and the millionaire, no rake, two ways to play. Check it out. We'll be out there on August 12th for one of the sign up weekends. Come party with me. Like you don't want to party with me. Like I'm, I'm. Oh, I always talk about like, oh, I'm Andy. I'm 38, and I like to garden, and I'm boring. No, he'll bear. He'll leave you on Fremont Street in the gutter. Yeah, that's that's I, what he's saying. Vegas, Vegas, Andy's a whole different guy. So uh, <laughs> come hang with that, and uh, we'll we'll hang out. But yeah, and if you get dead last, there is a prize for that as well. The booby prize. Booby so. prize. Uh, Bills 21 21 recap. Let's just stick to the regular season because I don't think postseason stuff is super predictive and we don't need to rehash anything that happened in the postseason with this team. Oh, no, 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 no. We definitely do. 
We definitely do. I don't want to PTSD your ass. No, but uh, it's it's been a while. You're it's like an old girlfriend. Like I'm over her by now. You know what? You know what heals Bill's wounds? Rams winning the Super Super Bowl. Rams Super Bowl. If I could have told you in that moment that I can guarantee you the Rams win the Super Bowl, I still don't think you would have calmed down. You still yell at me. Well, I was still angry. I've been like, well, they would have beat the Bills if the Bills had won that game. Yeah, it would have been more money. But um, yeah, the 2021 season. I think it gets looked back as a very successful season because once you saw that team in the playoffs, you're like, holy shit, this is the best team. Like they're going to hang with the chiefs. They're probably going to beat the chiefs. They're going to beat anything. The NFC throws at them. Like how they looked in those first, that first playoff game. I think that would they score on every drive. It was like uh, the Patriots game. It was seven drives, seven scores. It's like 47 to nothing, not nothing, but 47, like 14. I'm gonna have to go back and find that score. It was it was a clinic from this offense. You saw everything working. And we joke about Kansas City for many years and say, oh, they're saving the good plays. Buffalo saved the good plays. They absolutely did not use everything during the regular season. They had some stuff saved up for the postseason. And Let they, me they, push back on that a little. They came in hot. They came in hot. Did they save them or did they as a collective figure out what their good plays were. I think that's, I think it's a combination of that. Like saving. I I don't think there's like a meeting at the beginning of the season and say, these are our best plays and we're saving them. Like, I think, I think you do learn throughout the season. Like here's what we're successful at. And then when you get to the playoffs, you can expand on those packages I think when when we save say they're saving the good plays, it's not like some envelope that they're opening on, you know, week <laughs> you know, week one of the playoffs. So all right, we're using this, but but yes, like there is a, I mean, you're hitting it on the head there. There is a, a learning curve to here's what we're most successful at, and the good teams with the analytics departments can even get numbers on that. So like these are our most efficient you know plays to run against this defense when we think that they're going to give us this look. If we're running this package, we should be doing this. And a smart team come postseason will have enough data against enough good opponents and enough plays to say, like, all right, here's where we're efficient. Why don't we just play to our strengths? And the, mm-hmm. the a good smart team with good coaching, a good scouting film, film review department is going to take that and run with it in the playoffs. And they did. They were very good. And then just, you know, the the Kansas city game was a little bit of bad luck and a little bit of playing against a team with way more recent playoff experience, uh, a freak at quarterback, a great offense, a good head coach, and a little bit of bad luck when it came to the waiting of a, a certain coin. I mean, really like if, if they get that coin toss, I do not expect Kansas city to stop that team from scoring. I mean, your minimum is a, someone drops a ball on third down and you're kicking a field goal like that. That team is scoring a field goal at least 90% of the time. Yeah. Yeah, Not, I I would say touchdown is irrespective, irrespective of who wins the coin toss. That game was going to be decided on the first drive considering the rules 80% of the time. There just was, there was no resistance from either defense at that point. Yeah, um, so we're, we're at that point. That's where when when the coin toss was lost, I gave up. Yeah, like I, same. I fully just yeah. gave up on the game. I'm like, well, this is fucked. I hate this. 
I thought um, they were in the back of my head. I was like, they might be able to create a turnover, but that's their only. That's the only. Oh yeah, you you have to have some only. Copiums. That's their only chance. Copium, opium, um, whatever opium you need. And yes, uh, but I uh, real quick too. The the regular season saw some weirdness, and I don't know how to oh, put a sure finger on what happened. But like the putting up six points against the Jags, like just falling flat a couple times was weird. Having some games where they looked unstoppable, they were. And you'll read this if you go to Football Outsiders and read their preview. If you read yeah. Cleve TAs, like there, there's metrics around variance. They were high variance. They probably underperformed, honestly. Like if they got their shit together a little better, they would have had the number one overall seed. This was a team that probably underperformed last year in the regular season and the playoffs. Should have been oh, yeah. a team in the Super Bowl. And I don't know how to, I don't know what to do going forward with that because I can't take 2021 and what i saw was here's what this team can be and not make them at least tied for my highest power ranked team yeah and then take the other part of saying like but there was inconsistency throughout the season and we lost a very important coach probably that's why i'm saying i'm willing to Watch these first few games, which again, Tennessee isn't a seven point or seven point favorite. That's a that's not a pushover team. That's not some you know team that hasn't had success in these last few years. It's been to playoff games, been to AFC title games in the past few years, has a pretty decent coach, has a decent quarterback and some good pieces on that team. Like you don't have a pushover until you get to Pittsburgh if the quarterback stuff doesn't work out, in my opinion. So they have tests early on. And yeah. I'm I'm I have my finger on the trigger to downgrade this Bills team quickly. And I hope I don't have to because I I really Ooh, do think this I would is, not downgrade them. No, no, no. But that not, doesn't mean not heavily, but like yeah. I'm willing to I'm willing to start dinging them out of that top spot if we get to week three and they've lost to the Rams and they didn't look good against Tennessee, and they struggle at Miami. Even if they're 2-1, and one, and they didn't look good getting it done at Miami, like I don't see how those game grades are going to put me in a spot where I say, like, oh, this team's going to be just fine without Dable. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not saying, like, I'm going to drop them two points. Uh, okay. I'm saying, you know, there's a lot of teams where I would be fine leaving them alone for three or four weeks before I even thought about it. But okay. I'm... I'm watching this team very closely in those first four games to determine what I think. And I want your opinion. I mean, just <sighs> hop or am I, am I the, I'm supposed to be the bills max. No, you're the bills maxi in this one. This is no, good. No, that no, I'm no, no. I, no, no, no. I was going to throw cold water. I thought. No, cause you, we were going to switch. You, you, switch. Th- you threw cold water on the dolphins. Oh, I, I was the two of maxi. Okay, yeah. I'll yeah. You get, you gotta be the bills. Um, yeah, yeah, fight me on that then, I guess. Well, okay, you'd be so the Bills Maxi here. Like 2021 was absurd. Absurd. Uh, they're regular they the for for a team that went eleven and six to lose every single one score game is seemingly impossible. There was only yeah, yeah. one loss on their schedule that was like a true loss, and that was when the Colts showed up and just absolutely jackhammered them in Buffalo. I think you can look at the schedule though. And you can see a team that like re- understood and reflected on the fact that there's 17 games. <laughs> we can't bring it every week. Um, but they did zero in and bring outstanding game plans and very strong uh, level of effort in every divisional game. Uh, thumped the Dolphins twice, blanked the Jets twice, 
Uh, and then, you know, one hard fought loss in absolutely ridiculous conditions that we talked about in the last pod against the Patriots that they lose at home. Um, but then they turned around and they unlocked all of the good plays in their playoff. Um, I'd say it was like that was like their playoff uh, dr- like dress rehearsal that week uh, 16 game at uh, at Foxborough that ultimately clinched them the AFC East. They get the home game, and then the rest is history with burying the Patriots uh, in that home game. As you mentioned, by that point in time, the offense was clicking on all cylinders. And I would argue that in general, I think that reflected some uh, transfer of power from Dable being the important kind of role player in the Josh Allen development in year three to Josh Allen fully embracing and, you know, cerebrally taking over what he wanted to do on the field in year four by the end of the year. Does that make sense what I'm saying? I think in general, you looked at year three leap for Allen and you had to divide it up into they got Diggs as a weapon. They got Dable to give him to, to run the easy plays. And, uh, you know, the, the in general, the, the team – you know, the team was well p- composed for him. And, but the, but the lion's share of the credit went to him improving his accuracy. Nothing of, about that significantly dropped off in year four, but it felt like he relied less on Dable kind of making the calls, particularly in the really high leverage moments in the really important games. And some of that was just keeping the ball, holding on. He didn't like the read. He didn't like the defense. He held on to it and he got the hard yards himself because he's a fucking monster. And that was eye-opening to see. And as soon as you identified it, you were like, okay, this is going to be a problem for teams to stop in the playoffs. Like, I don't know that there is a defense that is really well rostered to be able to stop this because you now have a player as big as, uh, you know, Roethlisberger, who is as athletic as anyone not named Lamar Jackson with the ball in his hands on every single play. And, oh, by the way, he can throw a fucking rope in 20-degree weather. Right. Like he is the perfect kind of archetype for what you want as a playoff quarterback, particularly in the frozen tundra. And I think he kind of found his final form in this playoff run. And so the op, the, the ceiling for him and the Bills this season is Super Bowl or bust, really. Yeah. And I think it, you know, la- the, you know, the, 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 the taking the next step was always clear. Um, it didn't happen last year beating the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Uh, but I think if you know if the Bills don't put their foot on the gas and keep their foot on the gas throughout the duration of the season, it's not going to surprise me. Um, but it's I still think they would like to have the home game uh, in the AFC title game. I think they kind of you know I because again like we have not really seen Pat Mahomes go on the road and get it done in the playoffs. That's an no, when I, when I talked about, like, when I made you tell me which, you know, the last uh, AFC title game for all the teams in this division, two of them, the last AFC title game, were in Kansas City. Like, there's yeah. been a few there's been a few of these that have been in Kansas City of late. That's, yeah. not, the, that's not what you want to do late in the season. So, no. I will, yeah, I'll start throwing cold water, as it says, on the hot wings here in Buffalo. I think probably the biggest, I don't, I don't want to, I had this written down. I couldn't defend it. Like, Hey, people have maybe figured out what this offense wants to do and figured out some of the Josh Allen stuff. I don't know if that's going to be a thing, but if they team that happens to everyone, 
I mean, that's not a not not a thing. It happens to every team. Teams need to continue to innovate and stay, you know, unpredictable. They have to be unpredictable. It's like what you said with the, you know, it's hard to be an offensive lineman. It's even harder when the defense knows what play you're running. Like if you, you need to innovate, you need them to be unpredictable. And now we have a guy who has never called plays before. And I don't know how much you want to put on Dable as far as giving him the credit for this offense, giving him the credit for the, uh, the Josh Allen turnaround, the Josh Allen step forward we saw, but I give him a lot of that. Oh yeah. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to see what he does now, uh, the next, next level. And I'm a little nervous if that this offense has a chance to take a step back without him around with a, you know, a new play caller in town that, we didn't really see doing anything before this. I mean, I, I can remember him playing. That's how old we're getting. But, I mean, he's been with the Bills organization for a few years now as the quarterback's coach. That And, again, I don't want to debate myself and just give you – but he was you know passing game coordinator, quarterback's coach. So I feel like he worked with Josh Allen. So I'm, I'm probably going to have to give him a portion of the credit for that too. But – you see this all the time where you have a guy who hasn't managed an offense completely by himself, called plays, and sometimes you can see some struggle bust there. So, I mean, defend Ken Dorsey. Oh, boy. Um, I mean, is the argument just there's enough skill and leftovers? I'm going go, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna to blow your mind. Are you ready? I doubt it. Be- between, I doubt I'm ready. Between, <laughs> between McDermott, Dorsey, and Les Frazier, I am the least concerned about Dorsey. Really? I would say Les Frazier. I love Les Frazier as a defensive coordinator. Oh, buddy. He, he's oh, he's your I'm, buddy. I'm, I'm, I don't he's the reason say I'm they not, didn't win the Super Bowl last year. I'm, I don't want to say I'm not worried about this defense. I am very worried about this defense for other reasons, but I think he he's fine. McDermott, I don't know. I don't know if I can say a bad thing about him. I just he didn't squib kick it, Andy. Why didn't he squib I, kick? <laughs> yeah, they they were worried about the return, I guess. What? And that was his call. In I, what universe? I know it's such a low it's such a low probability of like a return there. That that part still gets in my craw, and I hate McDermott for that call. Because if they return it, you're ah, oh, god damn it! I can't even. I, I know, I know. I don't. If you return it, you have like six seconds left. If that, I don't. I don't believe in. I, I'm. I have no. Fi- I have no problem with Les Frazier. He's done. He's done a lot with little at points in his career, and I think he's a fine defensive coordinator who can manage this team. That's the I'm problem. I'm fine with me. I think he's, I'm fine. Yeah. He's fine. He's fine. No oh, and. You, it's hard to get. It's hard to get and keep great coordinators. That's what we saw with Dable. I think my problem with Ken Dorsey, because we're sitting here, it's July. It's just I don't know. Like I hate unknowns, and his range of outcomes is pretty wide. That's I, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say like Ken Dorsey isn't the right man for the job. Something like a fucking political <laughs> ad. But hey, Ken, you, Ken, you want to see Ken Dorsey's voting record on guns? Can, can you give me a, an example of um, a play caller that was brought in to replace an elite play caller who left, who was given a top three quarterback to work with in an elite offense and an easy schedule, 
and truly failed to the point where he was the problem. Because that just there's just not any of those examples. I mean, I, I, I wanted to make some cow, I mean, there's cowboy jokes, but I mean, that was an injury year. Which year are you talking about? Oh, uh, the like year the, with Kellen Moore. The first McCarthy year. Oh, the first McCarthy year. Okay, that's still was that, is, was that the injury year? Uh, yes. It was, was that Kellen Moore? Yeah. Like, like, what are you gonna? He do was. That was Kellen Moore's like second year. No, like I, I, there's just there's not a ton of examples of the OC not ultimately meshing with an elite quarterback because even if Dorsey has some ups and downs, like, like, like what is a failed Dorsey, uh, you know, tw- campaign look like, like he just can't learn, like he's just running on first and second downs incessantly and will not like, he's not calling the good passing routes. Like, I don't think exactly, that's a thing. No, I think you're exactly right. He's just, he's, there's going to be spots where you're watching a game be like well that's that's that not hard call well it's just like no, i think the main thing that if somebody says that's not what you do with Allen and Diggs, like that's where i, I can't point to an ex, you know exact example i think you're <laughs> sure. right though like if it is bad play sequencing just everything you say bad about an offense quarter sequencing yeah. sucks the the situational awareness sucks like running on first down passing on you know passing on this down that isn't right passing against uh, you know these light boxes it's just doing yeah. everything predictable being a bad overall game planner being a bad but, architect but, yeah sure and that, that's not going to make this is... team bad it's going to no. it's going to just hinder them from being great yeah, yeah, but 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 that hinder them from being great means that they they just they're lose a couple just more good games as last than year. they would. Have. Yeah, they're just as good as last year. They, they win exactly. as many games yeah, as exactly. last year. That, they win as many games I was going to say, that's right. as much cold water as I can throw on this team. If yeah. Ken Dorsey so, sucks and this defense takes a step back, they win 11 games. Right, but here's the other thing about Ken Dorsey sucking during the regular season. Who cares? This is you, You're still making the playoffs. This is a playoff that's team thrown through. Uh, you know, Josh Allen, and, and honestly, if Ken Dorsey isn't calling the Josh Allen run plays or giving, you know, or, or is specifically telling Josh Allen in every meeting, do not run until week uh, 17, great call by Ken Dorsey's doing his job. Ken Dorsey not doing his job gets Josh Allen hurt. <laughs> that is that, fundamentally, that is fundamentally, I think, the only way that Ken Dorsey brings down this absolute monster of an offense. Um, the other two coaches are where I'm stuck on from my cold water standpoint and McDermott still has not learned the correct way to deploy his decision-making on fourth down. He made some decisions in that chiefs game where he elected to punt when it was like, what game are you watching, man? Like you can't fucking punt here. They went four for four on fourth down for Christ's sakes. Like Josh Allen was getting every hard yard you needed out of him in that game. And similarly, the squib kick was like a mind melt. Um, But the less Frazier thing is where I really want to zero in on here. And like, you're correct in being kind to him as far as he's 85th percentile, 80, 90th percentile, even in terms of the defensive coordinators we've had in this league in the last 20 years. Like he's stuck around for a long time for a reason. Like he obviously understands defense. He has one major shortcoming and it is in-game adjustments. Go find me the last time that his plan A coming into a game did not work, and at some point in the game, halftime, fourth quarter, you name it, some adjustment that he made 
ultimately was the master stroke that got them a win because there are not a lot of examples of that. Literally, that's probably like, fair. That's a fair criticism yeah, too. And I think mm-hmm. you have a lot of these defensive coordinators where it's like they have one level of the defense that's very good mm-hmm. on a good team, like the Bills, where the offense is, you know, it's, it hides a lot of when the offense is on. You're not so worried about when the defense gives up 24. Like, God, it didn't Unless matter. you're playing the Kansas City in the playoffs. Yeah. No, no, but <laughs> like, I'm saying, like, if, if you put up 38, it's pretty easy to forget that your, you know, your safety got roasted and, sure. you know, you had a couple of bad defensive blunders. You forget a lot about that. And, I mean, they just, they were so, you know, dominant up front. I don't see that changing. My worry, and I'm going to switch. This is We're not going to do this like Miami. We're both going to throw cold water because – my biggest worry is probably this is, you know, just a better version of a team we talked about last week in Minnesota with, you know, a big step up at quarterback and good, good, probably great receiving core. I think the Crowder for Beasley swap is probably an upgrade at that point. You have Dawson Knox and OJ Howard, like you have good receivers, you have good line, you have a great quarterback. And then you have, uh, there are worries in the secondary. Like you have a good pass rush and then you have a, it's just like Minnesota on steroids. It's uh, it's a lot of question marks in the secondary because, and it's an injury concern because like Trinavious White, it's a bigger injury. He's going to miss part of the season. And I mean, it, it's a position where you see guys age out so quick and it's sad. Like, I don't know. We didn't, we started to get this class of like ultra lockdown corners you know, like 20 years ago. It's like, holy shit. Like, you know, that they, they've changed all the rules to help the receivers, but like Revis, the rules can't stop him. Like he, he's still just locked down. And then like two years later, it's like, man, Terrell Revis sucks. Like he just like the, the aging curve for a corner, a quarterback is is like that stupid M. Night Shyamalan movie where all the people get super old on that beach <laughs> yeah, right away. Don't watch that movie, by the I way. I forgot it about it. I watched that movie and it I forgot about it the next sucks day. So I, bad. I literally sat down, like, my wife didn't watch it with me, and I was like, I watched a movie last night, but I totally forget what it was. I what movie did I watch? So much. But that, that's what happens <laughs> to cornerbacks in this. And then, yeah. you know, that happens naturally. What happens when you have an elite, and Tredavious White is an elite mm-hmm. corner. What, what happens if you have somebody who suffers a massive injury like this? Like there's a non-zero chance and it's quite a bit bigger than zero, honestly, that he just comes back and is never going to reach those heights again. He comes back and he is a league average corner because he's coming off a massive injury. He can't make the cuts. He can't make, the, you know, he can't yeah. make, well, you know, he hasn't lost his brain. You know, he'll still, he's very smart. He'll, he'll be fine in that end. But like, if you can't hang with the guys you were hanging with, because you have that nagging doubt about if your knee can make that cut or you just mm-hmm. lose a little bit of your, your jump, your step, your speed, yeah. then the secondary is kind of in a bad position because they're going to miss him for that many games. And then bringing him back, trying to reintegrate him. And if he's not good, you know, the pass rush is there, but I, I worry that this defense is, is gonna get roasted by some of these teams in the all schedule. That, all that really means to me is that the Chiefs game is gonna be more competitive than the Mark. You know, the Chiefs game to be super competitive on high scoring. 
the Cincy game is going to be super competitive and high scoring. Um, you know, some of the teams that they're thumping are going to score a bunch of garbage time points on them, like the Jets and the Dolphins. Uh, you know, like that, that's kind of what I think that makeup is if the secondary doesn't get there. Um, but, but ultimately it's still such a good offense. I mean, you're right. It's still such a good offense. And if they don't win the Super Bowl, or at least get to the Super Bowl this year, it is because McDermott flubbed his in-game decision-making and or because Les Frazier had a bad game plan versus somebody had a good offensive game plan and either they had the ball last or, uh, you know, you couldn't get your fourth down, you know, your final score to beat them. And... There's not a for as talented as this defense is overall, for as likely as they are to finish in the top ten of the league because of just the overall talent. There is no Aaron Donald on this defense. There's no T.J. Watt on this defense. There's no, uh, you know, there's no game-breaking pass rusher disruptor who, if the other team needs to go 65 yards in 13 seconds to kick the game-tying field goal, they're going to be able to like just put their thumb your thumb on them right yeah like they they did sign von miller have a stopper but yeah von miller is on the wrong side of you know yeah i don't care as well yeah he's perfectly complimentary piece to this unit yeah he will be perfectly complimentary piece yeah he's a beautiful rotational piece that is going to wreak havoc in certain spots and he'll make big plays but he isn't you're right he isn't your tj watt your Miles Garrett, he isn't your your A one anymore, and he's a Hall of Famer. Like I'm not disparaging the guy. He's just he's getting yeah. up there in age. He knows he's smart enough to know yeah. like where he fits in. He fit in great at certain points last year, but yeah, the, it was a good signing. But uh, truthfully, the Bills offseason was kind of weird. Outside of it's it's funny. Like my favorite signing was probably Jamison Crowder and OJ Howard. I love it when oh, their teams their add. draft like, their draft and their free agency were both. Awesome, like awesome. I, I the, can't the, say anything. The draft were they really? You like oh, the yeah. draft? I like the draft absolutely. James Cook looks like a perfect set of legs to add to Singletary. I, I, nice I like James Tire, Cook, Elon, and I th- uh, but you know nobody has had a good. Yeah. True, nobody has had good luck drafting running backs high. Like it's no, just that's not. It, it, that's it goes true. again. It goes against what you should be doing in the draft. Sure. If it works, it works. And and to be fair to be fair to this team it's difficult to evaluate a draft and not all drafts should be evaluated the same like a shitty team reaching for a running back in the second round look looks horrible like when a team doesn't have yeah exactly when a team doesn't have a lot of needs because they were just you know deep into the playoffs the draft is going to look different i still don't care for going you know Trade well, I think they traded up to get their their cornerback, and again, that's another problem with the secondary. If he has to take a you know, if he has to take a big lead, and it looks like probably starting right off the bat, rookie corners don't do well, and then you you took a running back, which is again, you probably should just never draft a running back until like day three, and just sign guys that have been cast off or draft really cheap running backs. And then they used a they used a pick on a punter, 
which again I can kind of defend because I went and looked at the punting stats. That was a weakness. Like they, I'm yeah. not sure you needed to waste a draft pick on it, but again, they were a team without a ton of needs because they were so good, and they used some draft picks on needs. So I'm gonna let it pass. But I wasn't. Yeah, I also like. Draft. I feel like every mock showed them taking a running back for in the first round, and the fact that they didn't take one until the second round, maybe that's shading. I my think that's a pretty low. I think that's a pretty low bar. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? Like there was a lot yeah, of people like, that thought they were gonna take a running back in round one, and they ended up they waited until round two, which was responsible. Yeah. <laughs> so and no, I, I think, and I do. It's, yeah. it's funny too. Like I can shit on the James Cook pick all I want. Because I probably I'm I'm going to say it till I die. You probably just shouldn't waste draft picks on running backs until he gets day three ever. But boy, does he fit in! <laughs> like he's he's a good fit there. Like he's a great complimentary. Yeah, player. he is. I think great he's going to get a shitload of receiving yards when he gets on the field if it works out. Probably right. said so, that about uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire too. So point taken. I did um, that too. That the, was but again. Yeah, no, but no. Spot. I mean, I'm, I think we would have said that. We would have said that about him at that time if we probably did even. Um, so ultimately, I'm still in the camp of this team should win the AFC on paper and they and I guess there's a realistic chance though that like if and I guess this is going to even sound stupid saying right they could be I'm almost worried about them being too good offensively during the regular season to the point where every team in the AFC knows when they're game planning like okay we got to score 40 right like if that's clear and obvious come playoffs and people have been thinking you know and the the guys you're up against that are kind of equally talented or close to talent close to as talented in the afc if they're spending all of december and january literally just can't sleep at night dreaming about uh, you know or thinking about ways that they're going to attack this defense and score 40 on you then you know you could lose a 40 to 33 type of uh AFC championship game entirely possible to see that but as if they have home field advantage and it, we have yet to see a quarterback go into Buffalo and perform in the playoffs it has been tough sledding the closest example you could give is probably Philip Rivers and the Colts I guess two years ago right they did okay up there but that yeah. wasn't during the day that wasn't a night game um Just Lamar Jackson couldn't game. do it Mac Jones couldn't do it I'm dying to see Pat Mahomes take the crew up to up to Orchard Park uh, for a primetime game for the AFC title game this year. See if he can do it. Are you concerned at all as the point we just made? Because I, I don't think we can we can sit and laud them and praise them. I'm not here to praise them, I'm here to bury I'm not here to bury them either. Um like the AFC is tough. Do you think that the bigger hurdle is winning the AFC? And like, I'm not saying like, oh, they'll get to the Super Bowl and it's the 95 Niners where they're 14 point favorites, but like, is is grinding through this schedule and then winning the AFC title like the ultimate? Oh my God, we did it! Now we just go have to go yeah. win the Super Bowl as like a four point favorite. Yeah. The thing is that like beating this team in playoff mode is going to be very, very tough, even if they're having a bad day because they can stop the run effectively and you give this offense enough chances and they're going to 
really uh, eventually the dam is going to break. I don't see enough talented teams in the NFC to really be scared about uh, any defense effectively stopping them enough times or any offense being able to play keep away that I would be worried about their Super Bowl chances if they get there. Um, but no, you know, if they peak too early, if they're, you know, they put all their good plays on film in the regular season, if, uh, you know, the other innovative offensive minds in the, in the league all realize pretty clearly that this is the team to beat and think about and come up with craft craft ways to do so, then the playoffs are going to be interesting. I don't think this is a runaway by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's going to be a very hard fought playoffs, particularly because I think in general, the defense can be had by an elite offense. Let's take a look at the, what they have to put up with this season. And it does kind of start tough. Like I mentioned, not only that, but a little bit disadvantageous um, from a, you know, a travel rest, what, what have you there. It's kind of lopsided too. I know. I mean, there's a little spot late where they're at a minor travel disadvantage heading to Chicago off that uh, game where they should have a big advantage versus Miami. And granted it's, it's not the worst thing you're facing Chicago late in the year where they're probably out of it. So that doesn't hurt as much. And there are from the buy on there's looks like there's four or five advantage spots for the travel, including a major one versus a divisional foe with Miami. And there's a bunch of games. I'm counting what one, two, three, four, five, six games after their buy where they're a touchdown favorite or better. There's one previous, two previous. So you got eight games where you're a touchdown favorite right now on the look ahead. And then, you know, several more where it's six, six and a half. Cleveland market probably changes if Watson's in. Yeah, the the Cleveland market, do you think that's a middle point? Like that's probably. I would. I don't know if I'd go full middle point on a week eleven game. Like if a week six, uh, yeah, I, would, I would. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd go like. I don't even. I don't even know if anyone will take. I don't even know. I should just take all the Cleveland ones off the board because I don't know if anyone will really take a bet on that anyway. It, it's funny um, too. Yeah, like there, there's 31 regular season win totals up in every book. Has been for a month. Like you can't bet yeah. on Cleveland games right now. So, no. I mean, you're right. That probably shifts down to like a six. And still, they're favored in a shitload of games. They're going to be good if they can get rid of some of that inconsistency. We see the offense click. Dorsey, you know, osmosis did enough from our guy before he left. Yeah, I don't see how this team doesn't win 12, 13 games. It's not that bad of a schedule. Yeah. Uh, All the tests are early. Win or lose, you don't really care. You're just kind of getting your – you're trying to – you know, you're getting some extended – preseason uh don't know what your motivation is opening night when the rams are handing hanging the banner um we've seen teams start to kind of really really you know road teams really show up for that lately so that might be a an interesting more challenging than it looks on paper um that baltimore game is going to be good very very excited to see if Baltimore has figured out a way to attack the Les Frazier defense better than they did last time we saw them go head-to-head, which was not impressive. Uh, similarly, that KC game week six is your best game in the entire NFL schedule. Um, Monday night football finale, Buffalo at Cincy. 
doubt that's a pick when we get there, but boy, is that going to be good. Boy, is that going to be good. Um, they can hurt you. They're going to be presumably tuning up for a playoff run again. Not, you know, same week that they did it to KC last year. Um, yeah, very, very fun spot there. Um, I like that they have travel advantage for the back half of the season generally. Like, this team should be body rested for the playoffs. Um, yeah, a team like the Bills and what they're trying to accomplish this year, having a front-loaded schedule in terms of challenging opponents, rest disadvantage, travel disadvantage, situational spots. Love that. Love it. Um, best case scenario, keep your power numbers fixed firmly. Uh, hope they lose a couple coin flips, and then uh, hope they turn on the afterburners out of the bye. Fair, fair. We get to see yeah, them on I'm Thanksgiving against uh, the Mighty Lions. I'm still, I'm still a little worried that I'm going to be downgrading them early, and I, I don't think, I don't think mm -hmm. it's going to be like a spot where I'm downgrading them and. I'm just gonna straight up bet against them. There It'll are just, two, yeah. yeah. There are two steps. I'm, I'm treating them as a. You adjust I them. Can't bet on this team. Right. Yet. If you adjust them, the question is: Are you adjusting them faster than the market? And if you are, and you see an edge, are you actually pulling the trigger? And it sounds like you're gonna pass. It'll depend. I mean, uh, again, everything is two to tango, what, and can, so can much, you, of, uh... so much of this depends on the other teams. Like you know, it might be. Hey, I downgraded this team, but I also just downgraded their opponent. Like that's a uh, if I'm ahead of the market on both teams, what am I doing there? I have to pass in that game. Let's so, say they I'm lose. Against. Let's say they lose to the Rams and the Ravens. Let's say that the Dolphins give them an absolute test, push them to the limit. Titans push them to the limit, and they are, and then they destroy the Steelers. Uh, they are three and two. You've downgraded them a point and change they are taking on the chiefs who have looked amazing and that game is around uh is under three it's chiefs minus two and a half at the market are you laying the two and a half on the chiefs again uh, a lot of it probably depends on multiple things based on positional groups and how they've performed in my game grades like if it's because the buffalo secondary has just stunk and they got burnt. Like if Lamar Jackson looks like Bart Starr against that, uh, boy, that was a bad, bad in that. Like yeah, using a quarter, using a quarterback from like it's see, it's yeah, it, it's tough like, for me to he, visualize that because I had never seen Bart Starr play. <laughs> if, if, if he looks like Sammy Ball out there, okay. No, I mean if, if Lamar okay. Jackson looks like Aaron Rodgers against that secondary, then I'm and Kansas City is seemingly just fine without Tyreek. And you give me two and a half there, like yeah, I'm firing that. That should be three, three okay. and a half. So I mean, okay. there will be betting. It's but again, it depends on like uh, when you do these downgrades, you still have to put the context to the games. Like, why is this team where they're at in your power rankings? And if all their weaknesses that you've downgraded them for don't align with the other team's strengths, if it's weakness on weakness, you don't think you see an advantage despite having a little bit of an advantage against the market, it's still probably a stay away spot. But again, a strength of Kansas City is probably going to be the passing game because they have a decent quarterback. And if this secondary is getting roasted by everybody and their sister for four weeks 
And it's, you know, it's on Josh Allen's shoulders every week to try to keep up with this defense that like the pass rush isn't getting there because they're just throwing it. Everyone's decided like, well, the secondary sucks. The pass rush is good. We're going to throw it quick and everyone looks good. Then yeah, I'll, I'll take the chiefs there. I like it. Um, all right. Well, to put a bow on it. Oh, no, yeah, we'll let's take a look at the odds. Would you? I don't know. Let's just, if you had to bet one Super Bowl, I don't bet that many Super Bowl odds before the season. No, In fact, I rarely do I well. take a Super Bowl bet before the season. Almost always during the season. Is there a situation where it's just a tough schedule and Ken Dorsey's getting his feet wet and he's got to figure things out? And I know with, you know, how time, you know, time decay works, like, Losing those games isn't the same as losing the games in the middle of the season or late in the season. You're not going to see like the Bills 10 to 1 just because they struggle a little. It's not going to fly. But I mean, what if it got up to 8 to 1 and you think it's just growing pains? There's a case to be made for taking some Bills to win the Super Bowl if they struggle. And if they don't, we can regret not taking the plus 650, I guess, because it'll be lower. But I'm I'm not taking that chance on a really short number on a very, it's a very hard thing to do to win the goddamn Super Bowl. It's single elimination in the playoffs. I don't know if you heard. So oh, yeah. I, if I had to take a, a bet on this team, like that minus 185, what, what should that really be? Like, what is your actual percentage that the Bills win the AFC East? Because it, it should probably that, start but with not the, enough. It, yeah, it should start with the two. Yeah, I'm in like the 260 it, range, so it's not it's, enough to really lose like sleep over. Sure, certainly, and, that, um, and that's the and thing also, too. Like, you yeah. you want to put that money away for from you better right now. You're talking like five months. It's not all something I'm prices, excited to put away for five months. All of these prices reflect a team that is at the top of their range starting the season, which means the only bet you're going to make that's going to gain equity on this team is going to be the Super Bowl. And the only way you gain equity on that bet is if they come out of the gate hot and they beat the likes of the Rams, Ravens, and Chiefs all early. Then this number moves down, right? You know what is another way, good way to make money on that? Is to bet, bet them on that against team to those win those teams. games. <laughs> yeah, you get that money. To win those you get the, yeah, you get that exactly. money a lot faster. You get that money a lot faster and you don't have to figure out how to, how to get your equity out. Um, there is a realistic chance the Bills drop a couple of those for whatever reason. And as we talked about, Miami has the potential to start warm. And I think that is worth keeping an eye on that AFC East price. Because yeah, even if, if that the AFC Bills East price get close to minus 125, if it gets close to even, that is a bombs away. A Here's my other betting plan of attack that I'd like your thoughts on. We've spitballed the idea of that playoff loss was rough. And if the Bills come out this year, if this the Bills come out this year in the regular season and they're in fuck you mode and they are just skull fucking teams, even teams that should be competitive, like the Rams, Ravens, and Chiefs. Or Everton. Then the path to them getting the one seed all of a sudden is really 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 solid 
Mm-hmm. What would you say about a Bills team that is coming into the season expected to be the best and gets the one seed? What does that generally end up in as a regular season way to make money? I'm not quite sure you phrased the question or it hit my brain right. Like, are we so betting we have, against them late? No. So we have a Bills. A, okay. No. We have a Bills team that has an elite quarterback. Yep. And that oh, could, that's MVP. That, that if MVP. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Josh Allen MVP. I mean, at that, like, why, like, you really, like, if you're counting on this team with a soft schedule, bunch of rest advantages, real soft, squishy middle, um, to go and get the one seed. Then, I mean, if the Bills get the one seed, what are the chances that that Allen gets the MVP? And it does feel like the really, league really is just the, the league is just dying to give him one. I mean, it, yeah. I don't want to make because it's not a really exact comp, but boy, it's like the Curry thing. Like, Truly. God, they they wanted they wanted to give that that uh, you know the Finals MVP to Curry badly. Everybody knew it. The price reflected it. Same kind of like it's not a great price, but yeah. If you think, if you think, uh, you're basically betting an alt over with Josh Allen MVP. You're betting this team yes. over over twelve and a half, over thirteen, yes. kind of in that range. Like exactly. if they win 13, 14 games, the odds of him not getting the MVP are low. It's based on somebody doing something obscene on another team, or. Or just, I, I don't, there's there's not a path for this team to win 13 or 14 or more games where he isn't mm-hmm. great. Not good, great. So yeah, if you want to bet an alt over on this team, I would consider putting some some money on that MVP at 5-1 to one instead too. It's down to 5-1, to one, really? Even if you shop around? I, I am going to shop a little. I've just opened up one book. I think I bet it pretty aggressively when it was about 750 um when it was higher than their super bowl odds because again like the same, super bowl i feel like thing. well no i I, th- I think the super bowl is more fragile for a lot of reasons yeah no you, you win it you you win mvp without winning the super bowl quite a bit oh yeah in fact if they win you know there's not a lot of examples of guys winning the mvp and then winning the super bowl that <laughs> that's sort of the exception of um the uh the so yeah, like that you have to play a lot tougher teams in the playoffs than the Bills currently have on their schedule. Uh and you gotta play them oh, here's a seven year where they're prepared for you. Oh, you found a seven one? Yeah, it's seven. So I'll I will advocate for that with a clean conscience. Josh Allen seven to one MVP is a fun way to bet the Bills if you believe that they have as much upside as we are spelling out. But I'm not pinning my hopes to that as like a sure thing because I think the right call for the Bills is to play it a little bit slowly and to try to build into their season and not to put all the good plays on tape in the months of September, October, November, uh, and to keep Josh Allen healthy and to let their defense, you know, let some of the young players, let some of the guys coming back from injury kind of get uh, get their feet under them, um, you know. And and I don't, I won't be upset if they lose like a six nine game to the uh, Jaguars this year. Like that's you when, know, you when do they do for, MVP? Is that during the Super Bowl, like after the Super Bowl again, or no? It they do it. Do the they do it during the bye of, week? It's the week of. Yeah. So, like, I'm just going to put February one. Yeah, there you go. In um, my my all the futures I keep track of, I do a settle date 
so I can sort them, so I can put the, the old ones. In they the spot uh, they have them. like a big, they have like a big uh, thing in LA. They had a big thing in LA during the week of the Super Bowl this last year. Yeah, I just I the guess on these. I'm gonna call it two one twenty three for this one. Cool, 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 cool. Um, see if I can parlay it with Hutch. Again, like this can, team. Can you parlay awards? Ooh, I don't know. This team should be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I think rightfully they are the favorite. They have the best playoff offense of any team in the NFL, in my opinion. Like the way that their offense is specifically tailored for cold weather football and uh, you know the type of opponents you face in the playoffs. I love their offense for that in particular. Um, and yeah, I think this is. Uh, this is a Super Bowl or bust year and a healthy year. I think we uh, we see them get it done. So, um, you know what would make that? What would be crazy about that? And here's a little trivia for you. I haven't looked up the answer, so you may know better than I know. Has a player ever won three Super Bowl rings with three different teams? Only three, but three different teams. Because that would be the situation Vaughn Miller would find himself in. feel like there was somebody in the 90s that did it with the Cowboys and the Niners and then, and, and then <laughs> ended up somewhere else like a Packers or Broncos team later on. I'm going to both Google this for live in the air. List of players Three who have won the Super Bowl multiple teams. teams. I don't know if there's anyone who didn't who has three. A lot of twos out there. Making the Super Bowl with three different teams is a thing. Rod Woodson made it with Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and the Raiders. Bill Romanowski did it on that same Raiders team. That was such a weird Raiders team. But so Roman and that Raiders team in 02, was that the year they won or did that the team lose to they them? lost to the Buccaneers? Tampa. That was the one they lost to Tampa. So he he won with the Niners in the 80s. Jesus, that guy played for a while. Then he won one with Elway. Then he lost on that Raiders team. There's one player. Matt There's Millen? There's a single player, Matt Millen. Yeah. Raiders? He's the only he, guy. He, he won with John Madden, Bill yeah. Walsh, and Joe, Joe Gibbs. Gibbs? Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> Matt talk Millen. About, talk about wow. hitching, your, hitching your wagon Dude, to some if you, stars. If you have that much, uh, yeah, if you have that much close contact with that many geniuses, Wouldn't, you'd probably be you'd good probably in front be office. Great GM. Yeah, Boy, we yeah, just yeah, somebody this. should kick the tires up. Somebody <laughs> should kick the tires on Matt Millen for GM, I guess. Right? I like how our mind went to the same place. <laughs> just like, we should make fun of him for sucking so bad. Right? So, all right, let's, let's call it a podcast. Let's call it a week. Um, we'll be back next week with the fucking i'll just tell you the nfc east yeah this is gonna be a very fun one too i've seen oh, we're gonna we're gonna set ratings wildly new ratings highs wildly varying opinions from some smart people as far as who wins this division i think i've seen three different teams atop some predictions from some people i uh trust so it'll be interesting to see what you i we haven't really talked about this between us i don't know who you have as your uh highest rated team. I think there's a lot of varying opinions and this can be a fun one for sure. So I'll catch you next Monday and Wednesday. It'll be uh, Cowboys and Eagles are the two good teams. According to the markets. Yeah. We'll have them on Wednesday and it'll be G men, big blue plus the Washington Commodores or whatever on Monday, Monday, Monday. See that. All I know is it's not going to be the Cowboys because no team, win, no team wins the NFC East two years. 
just some hard to do. Yeah. Can't be done. I learned this. Scrap and rule out the class. Pat Mellon. That's hilarious. Jojo Vicious. I want to find someone. But Vinatieri is not.